Welcome to the Brand Marketing Podcast, where we talk to local superheroes and hear how they got their start, overcame obstacles, and used social media to achieve their marketing goals. Here's this week's episode. Hi, we are live. Welcome to the Brand Marketing Podcast. We're doing this show live, and today we have a super special guest. I'm, I'm, I'm crazy excited. I met this guy uh, online, and right away, I just loved his energy. I loved the vibe. I loved what he, he did. I was like, hey, uh, can you come on the show? He graciously is uh, blessing us with his presence. His name is Daniel Jones Sr. of Octotasker. Did I say that correctly, Daniel? You did. You did. Thank you for uh, having me, man. It. Nah, thanks for being here, man. I, I know that uh, in the past week you've been a little down and out just due to being sick. Um, but I'm going to hit you with the first question right away. So I see your name is Daniel Jones Sr. So that means there's a little Daniel Jones Jr. running around, correct? Yeah, there's a junior and there's uh, two more little ones running around. Oh, wow. What are their ages? Uh, my first son is five. I have a okay. three-year-old and then I have a one-year-old. Nice, nice. So you got a good mixed bag. Love it. Um, I always like to talk to people about their family. Uh, we talk about in marketing purpose a lot, what drives people. And I'm sure, you know, as a father myself, one of the things that definitely kept me and still keeps me going and energizes just having kids, having a family, keeps me grounded. Um, so I love that for sure. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's worth it, man. It's worth it. It's worth it. All right. So because we are live and typically we don't do the podcast this way, but again, I'm excited. If you do have questions, drop it in the chat. Again, if you're watching the replay after watching the live, you can still go ahead and tell me where you're chiming in from. And I'll show you how to get in touch with either, either myself or Daniel if you need more help. So let's start. All right. So Octotasker, unique name. I love it. How did you come up with that branded name, uh, Daniel? So I will give you the short version. Uh, yeah, let's do it. 2016, from Buffalo, New York, left Buffalo, New York, kind of, you know, traveled across, across the country to Seattle, uh, went to mm -hmm. school in Seattle, did the whole college thing. Um, you know, really, you know, college really wasn't my thing. Then I moved to Miami, uh, got involved in sales, got involved in high ticket sales, uh, selling um selling really expensive mattresses and right. then um i ended up you know venturing into like the call center industry okay uh you know, the, the, you know miami um gives you the dream of becoming an entrepreneur you're right. seeing everybody with the mercedes now the I'm cars like, yep yeah the cars so um make a long story short um through you know uh, climbing the corporate ladder um mm. i climbed the corporate ladder to climb out of the corporate ladder if that makes it sense it does so i I've worked my way up, you know, corporate as much as I possibly can before I threw up and said, hey, this is enough <laughs> for me. I want to do my own thing. And I got an opportunity to go overseas. So I traveled oh, wow. all the way. Yeah, I traveled all the way in 2016, left my yeah. condo to um, uh, on the border of Albania in a small country called North Macedonia. Nice. And the reason I got was, some man, I yeah. got some questions there. What what made you pick that location? So we're going to come back to you leaving the nine to five. You know, leaving that, you know, that corporate hustle mentality for a second, flying all the way across the seas uh, to the small, small country, the small town. What made you choose that destination? I just got to ask. I, I know people don't want to know. I was in the I was in um, kind of like the credit repair business, the debt buying okay. business um, yeah. before before it got huge. So this is you know when I found out that I could just get one of these you know phones, you plug them into the you know your your internet. Now you right. could like take this phone anywhere you want, you know. And gotcha. I was like, oh, wow, I could, so I could travel anywhere I want with this phone. Yeah. And when my boss told me this, you know, so you know I was like, wow. And eventually I just started working from home, kind of doing my own brokerage mm -hmm. thing. And I realized, man, I need a team. I needed a team, 
and I just started networking with other people that sell leads. And okay. by, by networking with a guy that sells leads, I met another guy who was from Macedonia. And gotcha. he said, hey, that was man, a connection. Yeah, you know, can you help me open up a call center? Do you have sales experience? And with right. my experience in the call centers, sales, management, you know, we kind of, you know, we kind of made a perfect fit. I left everything behind and said, this is my chance. And back right. then, the pay rate in Macedonia was very different than what we're used to in right. the States. I mean, judges were getting paid $500 a month and living comfortably. Oh, wow. Right, so, right, right, right. So the so cost of living like, was a lot lower, right? So you're good. Yeah, the cost of living was great. So I just came over here, planned to come over here for 90 days, build a company, make it as much hands off as I possibly can, go back to Miami, collect right. my paycheck, retire myself. Didn't work out that way. Didn't work Listen, out. that's that's the entrepreneur's journey, though, man. Like, so every now and then we have big dreams, and those dreams never expire. They don't go away. Um, but throughout the throughout the journey as an entrepreneur, you learn that. You know, tough times are going to come. Struggles are going to come. So when you were transitioning from, I'm going to say comfortable, for lack of a better word, because I know it's not always comfortable, but having a nine to five, at least that's steady. It's, it's predictable income, right? So what yeah. do you think about when you're going from, let's call it predictable income, to venturing out on your own? Tell me some of the emotions that you went through during that transition. Well, I was um I was doing appointment setting first because I when okay. I went into the business, I had to learn everything. And me and my boss, we kind of had a disagreement um, mm. with, the, with the pay. And I kind of went on my own and I got a contract. And the guy said, hey, we're uh, going to give you our leads. You can work from home. And I never sold a day in my life. Like, oh, wow. Okay. Th th like this, you know, th on the phone or anything like, like, you know, myself. I never did this myself. I've, you know, right. sold other... Uh, so now I don't even have a script. I'm just remembering like what my boss, you know, was saying on the floor. Right. Just shoot and from the hip. Yeah, and I'm just writing it down on a script. And I was like scared, dude, because I was, you know, it was the next. You know, I know that the next morning it's game time. This is my yeah. first time. I'm gonna hit those phones, and it was scary because I'm like, wow, this is like kind of like the first. I'm in freelance mode. I think I'm like, you know, this is my own business, but I'm in freelance mode. <laughs> right, of course. And it was scary. And then I kind of got over that fear and kind of, you know, you know, you know, making them calls, closing those deals, uh, doing what I got to do. But the real scary journey was when I actually had a team behind me. I had to hire, wow. I, you yeah. know, once, once you have payroll, dude, it, it's right. a whole, you, you have other responsibilities now. Of course. You got other people you got to take Obligations. Care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're, you're taking care of uh, you, your family those people and also their family as well. So one of the yeah. things that uh, I had to go through was, you know, when you're thinking about it like that, the average guy that works with you, good or bad, if they have, if they're a performer or if they're not a performer, you know, ultimately you can't be human and not thinking about, you know, that guy's responsibilities, that guy's wife or family, right? You know that they have bills. Um, so at that point you have a crucial decision to make in regards to, you know, are you going to coach them up? Do they have to go? Are they dragging your business down too much? And it's now putting your own family at risk. So it's definitely a lot to to think about there for sure. So I agree with you. I agree yeah, with you. It, so, it, it, it was scary stuff, man, when you yeah, first yeah. do it, but you just got to do it. Right. So if you could go back to those, you know, those early days, those Macedonia days, um, yeah. and you could give yourself one piece of advice, just one piece. Um, so we're not talking to the Daniel of today. We're talking to the Daniel, of, you know, uh, again, back in 2016, 2017, 2018. Uh, what piece of advice would you give yourself for a younger Daniel? You know what, man? 
I really wouldn't give myself any piece of advice. And I'm going right. to tell you why. Hit me. I, I put myself in an environment. I'm still in Macedonia, by the way. So are I'm, you right now? Look, been, are you I've still having? I'm here, dude. I've been here for seven years. That's amazing. Listen, that's, man. My yeah, rent my rent is $200 <laughs> a month, right? <laughs> right. I put myself in a position, in a situation that I will never go homeless, that I could fail and fix, fail right. and fix, fail right. and fix. I mean, as much as I want, I, I, I fail more, figure it out, fail more, take more. I, what I would tell myself is take more risks because I put, okay, myself, in, I put myself in an environment where I was able to do that. And it, I, I, you know, sure, I'll fail, but I could rebound, write right. up a SOP, how we cannot do that again, right. add, that to the, add that to the arsenal. And, you know, just, you know, fix, you know, fix whatever mistakes I made. Don't make the mistakes again. Right. Now, I love that. So I was going to save this question for a little later on, but I think it ties into something that you just said. You know, just talking about SOPs, taking a lot of uh, chances and risk, failing and failing forward. Um, if you haven't read that book by John Maxwell, failing forward is exactly what that's about. You know, making sure that you're able to you know, see that you have this vision, know that there might be bumps, but you're not letting that possibility slow you down or stop you. So you're going to keep taking risks. So it sounds like you have everything under control. You're happy in where you are. Um, what's the one piece of technology or software or app that's just indispensable to you? So it's, it's taking you, it could be new, it could be old, but what's the one thing that keeps you grounded uh, in business? What's Facebook, the one software? Facebook. Facebook? Facebook. Facebook, tell me why. Talk me because through. because we've turned Facebook into a profile like we 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 uh, implemented something called the profile funnel formula, okay. uh, coined coined by Desmond Nanner. Uh, Lovely. So we just turned our Facebook into a giant sales funnel. If you're ever on my Facebook, I wrote, I don't really have Instagram locked in, but I have right. Facebook really locked in where, you know, we could, you know, we optimize our Facebook. We, we showcase our, you know, we showcase our results. We showcase our offers. We make sales driven headlines. We, you know, grab the attention. We bring them to the stories, bring them into messenger. We give them great content, we great materials, and we book all our calls on Facebook. There you go. So pretty much Facebook is your lead engine. That's what's driving your business, yeah. right? Yep, yep, yeah. yep. And for anybody that's listening right now, um, you know, some the word funnel gets thrown around so much. And sometimes people uh you know think that they have to get expensive software. And of course, there's like click funnels out there. And I'm not downing click funnels, but Daniel is absolutely right in regards to uh trying to use or trying to get you know set up on some type of social selling type funnel. You could, we could throw all these words around, but um, if you could just look at your social platform as the funnel, the place where people come, like Daniel said, to, to get value, get free information, to communicate and engage through Messenger, right? To, to yeah. get acquainted with their customer and stories, right? So you've seen, uh, and to showcase results. We can't, yeah. we can't eliminate that. Usually when we work with new, new clients and we do audits, I'm like, you know, there's not enough proof here that you could do what you're saying. Like, I like you, and you seem like a good person. You seem like an authority. But to the average stranger that's coming in, we can't tell if you're getting results or not. So now you're hitting it right on right on that. Um, and you're on Facebook. I'm doing the same thing on Instagram. So I might have to reach out because I'm trying yeah. to get better on Facebook. And it sounds like you're trying to get better on Instagram so we could swap back and forth. But I also uh, I also agree with and think that really dialing down to just one platform and being great at that one platform 
is also okay, especially if you're getting customers uh, from that platform, they're used to you, uh, you wake up every morning and that's the natural platform you go to anyway, you don't uh, fix what's not broken, Seth. What do you think about that, Daniel? I mean, I agree. So this is what people have to understand, right? Talk to me. You, yeah. you have different audiences on different platforms. The same mm -hmm. audience that uses Facebook isn't necessarily going to be the same audience that uses Instagram. Exactly. Isn't going to be the same audience that uses LinkedIn. So you need to be a master communicator. You need to be able to communicate to in the Instagram audience differently how you would communicate to Facebook, which is very different than how you would communicate on LinkedIn, which is extremely different how I would communicate and book appointments on through email. For sure. For so sure. These different, yep, these, so. different, these different platforms are um, entirely different. I, I, I'll just give an example. Um, I may not, I don't know, um, I may not find a tattoo owner, right? A tattoo shop of course. Through, through email, but I'm definitely right. going to find them on Instagram. I'm definitely, so, um, yeah, it's just, you got to know your audience, where they hang right. out at, um, where a group kind of gets together, where they're all at. And, uh, once you could figure out, you know, how they interact and where they all group, um, then you're going to, you're going to know, you know, pretty much, you know, how to communicate with them and you right. know, how, how, you know, you're going to be able to actually even test your messaging and your offer. Yep. Now you're hitting it on the head, man. So we're going to definitely use this as a, uh, excerpt for sure <laughs> turn it into short form content uh because we're definitely uh you're definitely dropping some, some valuable tools right now so value I'm, 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 I'm a marketing guy too dude i learned i could tell, I, could so tell. I, I think i took marketing serious yeah, yeah you have to like every every business owner has to embrace there's two or three things that they have to embrace one is customer service sales for sure but marketing so you got to be able to know how to get your customer attracted right and that's the marketing piece Right, how to really dial in that's the sales piece and the customer service is gonna be how you keep your customers. So sometimes we see that some entrepreneurs are just missing key components, I, but marketing is also I call important. I call it the triangle of death. Sales, marketing, and fulfillment. If one fulfillment. if one is broken or one is neglected, the there it's just gonna break. The whole engine yep. is gonna break. So yep. you ha you have to make sure your 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 marketing is on point, your sales is on point, and your fulfillment's on point. Yep. I got you. So let me, it sounds like we're dropping a lot of knowledge and we're, we're speaking to a lot of new entrepreneurs too, or they could even be seasoned, right? So uh, earlier I talked to you about, you know, going back to the younger Daniel when you first got started, let's fast forward to 2023. Let's fast forward to now. Um, if you had a word for entrepreneurs that are struggling right now, they're facing some type of adversity, um, you know, they're just confused because there's a lot of messaging out there from you know, real gurus, fake gurus on what to do with marketing, you know, how to start your business, how to grow, how, how to scale your business. Uh, what would you tell them? Well, man, um, I will say this. Information's free. Mm -hmm. um, Implementation is what costs money. Take action. If you want to do anything, right? The information's out there, man. You want you, you got you got something that you want to sell. You have prospecting systems. You got email, right. you got Facebook, you got Instagram, you got LinkedIn. Most people are just lazy and they don't take action and they think sales are going to fall on their uh, lap or they think they make a few videos uh, because someone right. said that they're likable. They're going to get some sales in. You have to take massive action. And, um, you know, I mean, it's a it's a nasty world out there, man. You also got to use your intuition. Um, right. You got you got some you got some fake and bonies out there, dude. You got to you got to be able to tell and don't believe everything you hear. Um, You know, you know, 
take it in and uh i guess what's the word that what's the saying they say uh take it with a grain of salt and uh take it with a grain of salt yep <laughs> so you got to be smart you can't you can't yeah you, you can't. got to you got to yep so so in that vein i know sometimes we actually learn uh not not sometimes we always learn like you 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 know when we're talking about failing forward and stumbling and having challenges uh, we're going to learn and sometimes we're learning from what our customer is giving us so in the beginning it's easy to you know, not have your SOPs in order and run through and actually mess up, right? So um, have you ever had an opportunity or an experience where you kind of dropped the ball and the customer lets you know and they insulted you, but that insult made you greater? If you do have that experience, can you share it with us? 100%, man. Yeah. Um, uh, once upon a time, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't set good expectations and okay. we didn't set a good customer journey. So right. we would we would have you know you know complaints here and there. You're never going to be perfect in business, but we would have complaints. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And what yeah. we would do is we would evaluate the complaints, look at them, not take them personal, and figure out well, you know, we missed our mark. What could we do to prevent this from happening again? And what can we do to get better? And we would you know again, I would go in the arsenal, write SOP to you know prevent this from happening. This is what we're going right. to do. Change you know change a process around. And if something like this does happen, how to um how to apply corrective action? Um, listen, there's been customers that I've dropped the bomb, man. I've yeah, I've told man. customers to screw off if you know, they, yeah. you know once in a while when they get you know crazy. Right. But um, also too is that um, we learned how to work with customers that we want to work with by vetting them. Listen, every customer isn't going to be right for me. So I, you know, I learned um, later in the stage not to take money. Not all money is good money. Not, not all money is good money. Not to take money from everybody, man. You right. know, decline it because at the end of the day, you want to take on a customer who's going to have a, have a probability of giving you the best experience and you want to create the best experience. So yeah, man, I've had, I've had, you know, I tell, I even tell clients today um, right. that, you know, eight out of 10 clients are happy. We cannot please everybody. That's how right. business is. But um, we try to do our best and we try to make sure that we provide the best service, that we set really good expectations. Right. And yeah, we even have an onboarding call where we re-go over, we, we reiterate the expectations, go over the, uh, you know, the client success roadmap right. and we try our best. But sometimes, you know, we mess up. Everybody is yeah, I think that's that's part of it. I think the thing that you hit on the head was, you know, one, not all money is good money. Two, not every customer is your customer. I try to tell people that all the time, right? So just because they're offering you X, Y, Z amount of dollars, if you can't fulfill what they need and the expectations aren't there, this it's not going to work out. It's just not going to work out. Um, but then you you brought up customers in general. Like as we wind down, you know. Tell us a little bit about the business. You know, if we have potential customers out there that need your services, I'd love for them to connect with you. So uh, walk us through a little bit about what you do as, as a VA and how, how you provide uh, successful service for, for potential customers. So we focus on recruiting virtual assistants that speak English as their primary language. So we're going into countries throughout the Caribbean. We're recruiting in Jamaica. We're recruiting in Barbados. We're going through all throughout Latin America, uh, Belize, uh, um, uh, some, you know, a little bit of Colombia, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, um, El Salvador. So we're going really around the Caribbean. And right. uh, uh, South America, Latin, Central America, yeah, Latin America. 
but my favorite part is really the Caribbean. I, I love Barbados. I love Jamaica. Nice. I love Belize. Those are my three favorite places. Okay. Yeah, because English is their first language. There is right. not a significant cultural or language barrier, if any at all. So when we're presenting VAs, um, I mean, you've seen some of the you've seen some of the VAs. You know, these, yes. these guys are professional, man. They are great. They are excellent. And um, it's not what people are used to. A lot of people are used to the VAs from the Philippines, right? And not to not to you know sh- not to knock them, right? But, you know. It's not what we do. We try to provide a more premium uh, service. Is there a good talent in the Philippines? Absolutely. Does it right. take a lot more screening? A hundred percent. Does it gotcha. take understanding the cultural, you know, the culture there? A hundred percent. But same thing in Jamaica, man. Same thing in uh, Barbados. You need to understand right. the culture inside those countries, the, especially the hiring culture. So, um, you know, that's the first thing we do is we, we vet, we screen, we recruit, you know, premium virtual assistants. Then we have a training process and, you know, which is part of our screening process where mm-hmm. we're not only trying to find the best candidate, um, you know, that can get the job done, but we're also trying to make a good cultural fit. So just because, nice. you know, let's say uh, Charlize is, you know, a, a, a great VA, right, is going to be, is going right. to knock it out of the park, doesn't mean she's a right fit for your company. So we're Makes putting... Sense. We're putting them through personality tests. We're putting our clients through personality tests and making sure that we can, you know, make that perfect match. Gotcha. Almost like a dating app, per se, professionally. Yeah. Right. Yeah, making sure yeah. it's a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. Like a work date. Yeah. Pretty much. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So I appreciate the time. So I got a couple questions for you. Um, awesome. You got the water going. Yeah. You're comfortable. Um, but earlier we spoke about, um, you know, just getting resources. We spoke about. Uh, jumping online YouTube. Um, and I want to talk to you personally and professionally about, you know, how you stay charged up. You know, who's your who's your favorite uh, personal or professional mentor right now? Somebody that you haven't met, but you could access them through either books, the Internet, YouTube. Who are you listening to? Who's keeping you charged up? Oh, man, that's a good one, dude. Um, I mean, I used to like Grant Cardone, but it's everything okay. that he says is kind of basic now. It's not really. It is. It's not really. Um, honestly, I don't like. There's no like celebrities Single. out there. Okay. Um, but what I do is I do try to learn from the you know the younger guys. Um, like the reason I try to learn from the younger guys is because you know as you get older, you become old business. So I try to right. stay in new business. Right. I try to stay on top of the new trends. Because those are the guys that I really learned marketing from. If you understand mm-hmm. marketing, you're going to know that it's a bunch of freaking 17-year-old kids that just yeah, popped it. up and made yeah. millions. And these are the guys that I really learned for, uh, from. I mean, who's my favorite like guy online right now? I would say Ravi. Let me know if I'm pronouncing his name. Ravi Abba. Okay. Scaling with Systems. Scaling with Systems. Scaling with Systems. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. I can't pronounce his name either, but I, I've seen him. Um, but yeah, uh, the internet is, especially when you run a business, it should really be all about learning. It's easy to kind of get in there and you see the trends and before you know it, you're scrolling through reels. Um, but, you know, you really can design your own algorithm. So if you're all about, you know, brand growth and growing your business and, um, you know, finding a way to get to a higher place from an entrepreneur standpoint, you could definitely do that through through TikTok, through reels, through YouTube, et cetera. So I liked how you tapped into um, just grabbing the younger audience because you're right these young guys even though they are still sticking to the core roots of marketing they've found new ways 
to um, you know attract audiences that are relevant to these new platforms, these new systems. Um, so you hit it on the head. I actually like that answer a lot. Uh, I too used to listen to Grant Cardone a lot. I remember uh, getting the 10X rule, and I think I read that book maybe two or three times. He was charged up, but uh, and this is no knock on Grant, but um, you know, over so long, it, it, the messaging becomes the same. The other thing that I realized too is, you know, when you're reading all these personal self-help books over and over again, the the situations and the road and the journey is all the same. Like yeah. you just have to, like you said, you said earlier, it's all about implementation, right? You, like people will re read books and listen to gurus, but never take the next step, right? That's um, why I said so action, man. Take action. It's all it's all about taking immediate action. So I appreciate that. Grant, Grant uh, Cardone. Sure. What I like about Grant Cardone now is the things that Grant Cardone was doing in 2017 that we yep. were all drooling over. Oh man, I wish yep. I could close that five thousand dollar deal over the phone. Oh man, I wish I could you know make that much money. Like. We've achieved that. We've achieved yep. like Grant Everybody's Cardone doing. level of success that right. I don't even think he's relevant anymore. Yeah, you're right. I just don't think he's relevant. I don't think right. that he has anything valuable that he could throw in the market that's new, right. that's disruptive. He's not disruptive anymore. And we want things that are disruptive. We want right. a disruption that everybody hates so we could change an industry. <laughs> exactly. You can't get change without disruption. Yeah, you can't you can't get change without fire. Like it's you're gonna need something traumatic to happen that's gonna just shake it up. So you hit it right on the head, Daniel. This has been great. I appreciate you. We're definitely gonna stay in touch. For anybody awesome. that's listening, that's interested in um, you know getting a VA, how can they reach out to you? You know, they could just uh, find me on uh, Instagram. Um, Daniel P. Jones Senior uh, is the is the uh, user. Uh, Instagram, yep. Facebook, Facebook. Yep. Just find me on Facebook, man, or Instagram. I appreciate it. Daniel, this has been good. Again, if you're watching live, I see a couple of people in here, um, and we close out. Go ahead and throw your comments down below. I'll make sure that Daniel has access just in case he um, can answer or help me answer any of the questions that are related to VA Definitely. work. But, brother, this has been uh, a, a true honor and a pleasure. If you need anything, just reach out. But and everybody else that's listening, thanks for listening to the Brand Marketing Podcast. Good night. Peace out. Thanks for having me. You got it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. The Brand Marketing Podcast is produced by Gladmatch. To get access to more brand marketing tips, visit www.brandmarketingblueprint.com.